Welcome to Stars and Roses, the podcast that recaps The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise through the lens of astrology and the zodiac. I'm your host, Hannah Piper Burns, and I can't wait to give you the celestial lowdown on everyone's favorite reality TV dating shows. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Welcome to Stars and Roses. I'm Hannah, and I'm the metaphysical anthropologist of Bachelor Nation. This is a very special episode because it's the first episode, so we have a lot to get through. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about who I am and why I'm doing this and uh, why uh, Astrology Plus The Bachelor equals podcast. Um, And then I really want to talk about some of the trends I've seen emerging amongst past contestants because they're really something. And um, yeah, they're just too good not to share before we talk about Colton. We need to talk about Colton. He is on his third attempt to find love. We first met him on Becca Kufrin's season, um, and then we watched his very stupid love story unfold with Tia in Paradise, and now he's behind the wheel. So we're going to talk about the placements that we know of in his chart so far and what that might mean for the season ahead. And we're going to meet some contestants. We've, uh, you know, we've already met 30 contestants and we've already sent some of these contestants home. We're going to be sending a lot more of them home in the weeks to come. But uh, what we know of them so far is mostly sun signs, which is just fine because, like I said, there's a whole lot of them to get to know right now. And the great thing about this podcast is that as the weeks go by and we get to know these women better, we deepen our relationships with these women, and we get to know their relationship with Colton's and its nuances and its particulars better, we will also ideally be drilling deeper into their placements and their charts and synastry, their astrological compatibility in uh, a more meaningful, complex, nuanced way. Because if you are a student or a practitioner of astrology, you would probably argue that there are many placements besides sun sign that affect romantic compatibility. You know, Mercury is the planet of communication. Venus, that's pretty obvious, right? Mars, you know, how you fight. Um, I would love to know more about Mars placements amongst contestants. And, um, you know, even moon, the moon, our emotional selves has a huge effect on our romantic lives. So what we have to work with is fine for now, but uh, I'm looking forward to deepening with you as we deepen these relationships on this journey together to Colton's love story through Colton's love story. Can't change the channel now. So when I say that I'm the metaphysical anthropologist of Bachelor Nation, um, that means I'm I'm both a fan and a 
commentator. I create commentary on the show uh, in and of itself. So I'm sort of like adding to the Bachelor canon through my art practice. I've been an avid fan for over a decade. I think I, I started with Deanna or Jillian Harris's season, Deanna Pappas or Jillian Harris or Brad Womack's second season or something. But it's been a really long time. And when you meet, you know, 60 contestants a year for 10 years, that's that's a whole lot of people. And um, I've watched a lot of these episodes multiple times very closely to create artwork with them. Some of the clips I'm using are as small as three seconds, you know, um, and I'm searching and searching and searching through hours and hours and hours and hours of footage to find them. I'm also reading a lot of supplementary material, consuming a lot of supplementary material, whether that's interviews with contestants, whether that's um, thought pieces and scholarly articles and books on reality TV and The Bachelor, whether that's memes and podcasts and recaps, you know, I'm consuming a lot of content and storing a lot of knowledge about The Bachelor franchise. And a lot of the artwork that I do conceives of Bachelor Nation, the idea, the concept of Bachelor Nation is this kind of brigadoon, this... Um, alternate dimension that exists alongside our own, but operates with very different ideas of time and like gravity, even maybe it, it's even analogous to being on another planet. And, you know, some people are maybe more suited to its atmosphere than others. Um, I've also uh, dabbled in using astrological wisdom as a way um, to make art about the show or a way to talk about uh, some of the dynamics on the show. And an example of that is Chris Harrison, the longtime host, for, and um, also has a big role in the production and of the uh, all the franchise shows at this point. Um, and... Chris Harrison's name can be anagrammed out to Chiron, which is a, a kind of a lesser known planet, uh, planetary placement. It's an, I think it's an asteroid actually, but um, it doesn't matter. It's named for a, a centaur who is a wounded healer. So the idea of Chiron is it's about um, this, this like, essential wound that you have uh, in your psyche and, and sort of like where it's located has uh, has to do with uh, what part of your life or what part of being a human uh, is where that wound is for you. Um, but I've always uh, loved the idea of Chris Harrison as a Chiron, as a wounded healer, because he is, you know, like the divorced host of a romance reality TV show. He's um, officiated all these weddings. Um, and yet, you know, he sort of uh, stands alone now. And uh, a lot of people have talked about um, the idea of Chris Harrison being The Bachelor, but like he can't because he has to host. He, he can't do both. Um, so that's just like a really beautiful and poignant um, kind of 
synchronicity that I wanted to talk about. And, um, I also, I also, uh, feel like I want to talk about Chris Harrison's placements for a second. Um, while we're on the subject, you know, um, I don't know if you know this, but he is a Leo, uh, Leo's son. His birthday is July 26, 1971, which means I believe that he also has Venus uh, in Cancer and uh, Mars in Aquarius, which um, when you think about it is really fascinating. So he's, I mean, I'm not surprised that he's a Leo. I don't think anyone is surprised that he's a Leo. He clearly is very, very, very good at what he does and very comfortable being um, the center of everybody's worlds uh, on the show. But that Venus in Cancer, you know, and that Mars in Aquarius, he is an idealist and a romantic. He is just delusional enough to believe he really believes. Um, and I think that's what you need, um, are people who, uh, kind of believe in, uh, the idea, uh, and that gets them through sort of the, the consistent failure of the follow through. Um, and that's, you know, that's not, uh, maybe entirely fair because they, there have been successful couples, um, that have emerged from The Bachelor. And if we're defining success in the way that the show defines success, that means marriages. So um, we're talking, um, there haven't been any Bachelor divorces yet, so far as I know, maybe back when, maybe a brief marriage and a divorce. Um, but lately, over the past 10 years or so, if they make it to the altar, they're still together. And um, when we think about sort of the pantheon of bachelor couples that they like trot out in paradise to give them advice to the contestants when they are like judging events at winter games, things like that. Um, when you look at the, the, all-stars of Bachelor Nation, um, a really interesting pattern emerges. And that pattern is Scorpio power. Sean Lowe of Sean and Catherine is a Scorpio. Trista Sutter, the original Bachelorette, is a Scorpio. Um, Jade, who is married to Tanner, is a Scorpio. Jared, who's engaged to Ashley I, finally, I guess, is a Scorpio. Uh, Jojo, who's been engaged to um, Jordan Rogers for two or three years now, uh, is a Scorpio. Um, and even uh, Grocery Store Joe, who we all love, uh, and I believe is still with Kendall, although I feel like we should keep checking because that's a consistently volatile situation, is a Scorpio. Um, and truth be told, I haven't looked back on every single pairing that didn't work out yet to see what those patterns were. I've just been um, starting with the success stories, but I thought that was a really, really interesting trend. Uh, and it uh, it's a real uh, win for Team Scorpio. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about... Um, Scorpio energy and how it doesn't really mind kind of going through the crucible, which I think 
um, reality TV in the aftermath is, is a crucible and you have to sort of emerge on the other side of that media firestorm a lot of the time. And I think, you know, the, the hidden form of the Scorpio being the Phoenix, they're used to, um, getting a little singed and, and transforming themselves and moving on with their lives. And I think that's a really important trait to have if you're going to have a successful relationship that emerges from this show. Um, but I've been on a really, um, sorry, I've been on a really long derive because I've just really been excited about, um, my discoveries. While I've, uh, really been going deep into my research on The Bachelor for a long time, my astrological knowledge is, is, uh, and my interest in astrology is much, much more recent. And it's only really been within the past three years that I understood my ascendant and my moon and how they relate to my sun sign and all three of those relate together. You know, we call those the big three. Um, and I'm still really discovering a lot about myself and other people um, and how astrology can explain that. But I uh, have been using a lot of different research techniques to drill down into what's a essentially like a bottomless discipline that has so much um, possibility in terms of nuance. You want to talk about like what degrees and houses, and you want to talk about um, synastry and conjunctions, trines, squares. You want to talk about where the planets are moving right now. You want to talk about how that relates to where the sky was when you were born. I mean, I know people that have been studying this for over a decade that have been studying astrology for as long as I've been studying The Bachelor, you know, and there's still so, so much to explore. Um, And so I think it's something that um, what's beautiful about how this podcast can work is that it can go both ways, you know, as like we can use the bachelor to learn more about astrology. Uh, and we can use astrology to learn more about the bachelor. Um, and I think that's really cool. Um, another pattern that I saw emerge, I was really curious if there was, um, like, a trend of of women villains, villains from the Bachelor seasons, um, and and there really isn't. You know, it's kind of evenly divided. There's Corinne Olibios, of course, um, from Nick Vile season, and she's a Scorpio. Um, but then, of course, Crystal from Ari season is a Libra. Um, and Claire Crawley from um, most recently, I guess, Winter Games um, is a Pisces. Uh, so there's uh, they're kind of all over the place. Uh, and even going back further to like the infamous Courtney Robertson, uh, who is the villain on Ben Flashnick's season and whose tell-all book is extremely uh, satisfying to read. Um, it's delicious. She really goes into a lot of detail. She spares nothing, um, for what it's worth. It's a, it's a great read. Um, cancer. So I wasn't really seeing, um, much of a pattern. And then I started looking at 
male villains, um, and especially recent male villains, I think one that we think about a lot is Chad. Um, and I was really happy to see in the premiere, um, when they did like the Chris Harrison tribute video, he, he got to say the line, like, you told everyone at this hotel to suck a dick. Oh, Chad. And then, oh, he had just such rage vibes. Anyway, he's a Leo. Um, Leo from last season of Bachelor in Paradise, uh, is unsurprising also Leo. Um, and Lee from Rachel Lindsay's season, the Leo, uh, and Clint Arliss from Caitlin's season, also a Leo. Um, and I started thinking about that because, uh, Chris Harrison is a Leo as well. And I was wondering if there's something there about like, there can only be one leader of the pack or something. And so they're feeling that like kind of insecure energy and overcompensating for it. And that overcompensation is what makes them, um, so villainous, just a theory I was tossing out. Um, and, um, the last, uh, kind of fun pattern I want to talk about, want to share is among, bachelorettes among women, um, that have starred, been the lead on the bachelorette. So I went, I only went back about eight seasons, which still gets us pretty far back. It gets us back to Ashley a bear, which I don't know how many people even remember. Um, but, um, what I noticed is among those eight, we have one, two, three, four that are Aries. And then we have Rachel who is a Taurus, but like just barely, uh, she's like right on the edge of Aries. And, um, I'm not a person who believes in cusps. I know that that's maybe a controversial opinion. Well, everybody has their own opinion on cusps, right? Some people believe that you can, um, be both signs. If you're between certain days, you're sort of a mix of both. Um, and there are some people who as as a really brilliant friend put it to me once, like you only have one address, you only live in one house. Um, and I, uh, you know, I believe the latter, but I also believe if you're um, born the day before Aries season, that your Taurus vibes are Aries adjacent and maybe are Aries absorbent. Long story long, that's a lot of Aries energy in Bachelorette contestants. And I think that that really actually makes a lot of sense because um, Bachelorette energy is like hard loving pop diva energy, you know? And when you think about Aries, like, you know, it's like Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross, Mariah Carey, to a lesser extent, Lady Gaga, you know, these sort of like passionate, um, you know, demonstrative, um, convincing and, you know, we want to be on their emotional journey with them, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. And they know what they want and they're confident in that. And actually there was a joke, I think, uh, in going into Becca's season that uh, many of the women had, given their first impression rose to the man that they chose at the end, 
um, to propose to them. And so it was like, you know, we have this success rate of like knowing night one, uh, who's going to the end. And I thought that was, um, that's very, uh, that's big, like Aries energy. Um, um, but we also like, they also have all that passion. Um, and I'm going to take, I'm sorry, a sip of my LaCroix. So we can't put it off any longer. We're going to talk about Colton. Colton actually, you know, I uh, feel for him somewhat. And uh, because he is an Aquarius, his birthday is January 26, 1992. He is an Aquarius son, which explains a lot. It explains sort of his, you know, I think he's, he's a good person. He has high-minded ideals. I think he's a humanitarian. I don't necessarily think that translates into his <laughs> one-to-one relationships that I've seen on the show. And I feel like that's Uranian uh, to a T. Uh, Uranus, of course, being Aquarius's planet. Uranus is often, the, it's considered like the planet of chaos, the planet of um, revolution. Um, and um, that is balanced we'll say, balanced um, by a Capricorn stellium, including Venus and Mars. So he's got this Aquarius sun with just this, you know, this air sign, this like, you know, uh, Aquarians sort of get this um, trope of being the like alien. I feel like they can also be extremely like normie, um, narc, vibes for lack of a better word but it's balanced by this like capricorn energy that is uh, very um structure it's about structure it's about work it's about discipline it's about um showing up and um being your best self um which is actually really you know it 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 makes sense why he's been so successful because he's got like these these um, vision. He's got the vision and he's got the work ethic to back it up. You know, he's got that Mars and Capricorn, but that Venus and Capricorn means, you know, he moves really slowly and we know this, right? And look, I mean, obviously everybody's making a BFD about him being a virgin and whatever, whatever this, um, astrology doesn't disprove like it doesn't dis uh it doesn't not back it up right um now i was trying to figure out where his moon was and um it's either in libra or scorpio and i'm pretty sure it's in libra because well he has like this habit of tweeting famous ladies to hit on them, you know, like Allie Reisman, for example, (laughs) um, that, and that feels more like a Libra move, you know, Scorpio doesn't really hang it out there, um, in the same way. Um, so based on that, we're going to just assume that he has this, uh, also air moon. So, um, a lot of air, a lot of earth, um, it's not going to be, I don't think this is going to be an easy one 
you know, Nick Vile, <laughs> by contrast, is a Libra, uh, you know, and uh, I think that's why we all fell in love with him in Paradise. Um, he's got a lot more charm, let's say. Um, in terms of the women that we've met, um, well, actually, before I go there, in terms of conventional ideas about compatibility and Aquarius, what I've gathered is that, you know, Aquarians are considered compatible with other air signs, which are Libra and Gemini and Aquarius, uh, as well as Sagittarius, which is a mutable fire sign. Um, and I would add to that from my own anecdotal <laughs> evidence, um, and, and it, it's kind of a sleeper match, but I think Virgo and Aquarius um, kind of works. Um, if it works, it works really, really well. And I um, have a really dear friend who's an Aquarius and um, her husband is a Virgo. Um, and uh, there's uh, other, I have some other anecdotal um, partnerships that I've observed. And so I think they can, I think they can be a pretty good match. Um, a lot of the Libras, uh, are gone now. Um, Tajwan, unfortunately, um, was eliminated and, um, so was Devin. Um, and I'm actually sad she's gone because she was the only contestant that had her sun, moon, and rising in her Instagram bio, which made it very easy for me because I didn't have to scroll until I found like a birthday cake. Um, uh, Devin's gone. Um, but Heather remains. She is the Libra in the red dress. She's 22 years old and she's never been kissed. And she has earnest, she has, she has nice earnest vibes. Um, in terms of Virgos, uh, uh, the sloth is gone. Um, she's Alex D. She's a Virgo. Caitlin is also a Virgo. Um, she's the one with the balloon that said, I popped your cherry, which is like a big yikes. I, that was disappointing as a fellow Virgo, um, that display. Um, maybe she let the producers get the better of her like gut instinct. Um, but Tasha is a Virgo that I think has, um, a chance to go far. She, um, had a really great entrance. He called her gorgeous. She was sort of in that pink one shoulder, um, dress. And, um, in terms of other air signs, we've got a couple of Geminis <laughs> among them, Courtney, who's, um, she's the one who gave him a peach because she is from Georgia the other Gemini is Onyika, who um, you may remember from a scuba mask and the line, I heard you were drowning in bitches. Um, there is one Capricorn, which could be an interesting match. You know, there's some like synastry there of like Sun conjunct Venus, Sun conjunct Mars. And um, that is Sydney. 
whose entrance was a real Capricorn move. She, she hit her line was, um, I quit my job to come here. (laughs) Um, and, um, you know, Capricorns love to work. I think he, uh, responded to that actually. Um, and she was in that very cool black dress that had this like plungy asymmetric neckline that had a lot of interest. Um, but also she like had a whole string section and, um, taught him ballroom dancing during an side note. If you're new to the bachelor, I just want to say that the amount of production that went into some of these women's like one-on-one time with Colton is a lot. It seemed like they were really pumping it up this year, which means a lot of production assistants were like running around setting up ridiculous shit for these women to like, right on his shoulders. Um, you know, these sort of like extremely overproduced contrivances, um, among them, (laughs) this full string, uh, section, um, and, um, a barn dancing lesson, which on the spectrum is, um, not entirely, uh, extra, you know, it's romantic, uh, within reason, um, which I feel like is the bachelor's personal brand. It's like, um, passion that can be contained in a Yankee candle. Anyway, um, we also have a couple of Sagittarius contestants, um, but I don't know if either of them are going to get very far. Uh, one of them is Catherine, whose last name is Agro, Catherine Agro, um, who showed up with her dog. Well, she's, you know, she's got like first episode villain vibes. She was the interrupter who was like, they, um, the way they edited it, apparently they took her aside and, um, you know, asked if she would stop and she didn't. Um, and you know, I don't think that's gonna, that's a strategy that's going to pan out well for her. Um, usually contestants that, um, pull that kind of stuff early on don't go very far unless they unless they are really smart about it unless the lead doesn't see it or unless the lead is just like absolutely besotted with them and I don't think any of that is the case um with Ms. Agro she also showed up with her tiny dog promptly handed it off to him and just like walked off and seems very unconcerned about who's watching the dog um yeah which I don't want to say is a Sagittarius move. Like, I don't want to say that Sagittarians neglect their animals. I do think Sagittarians tend to wander off from stuff. Um, The other Sagittarius is Tracy, who showed up in a police car, and who you may know from a already unfolding Twitter controversy. Um, And if you're curious about that, you can just Google it. It's there. Um, she said some shitty stuff and that's a Sagittarius move. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, Sagittarians try to make jokes and often, um, are mean or inappropriate. Sorry. It's just a thing. I have a Sagittarius moon and I, uh, have been known to put a foot in it. Just saying, um, also of interest, actually, I think saving, sort of saving the, saving the best for last year, we have a lot of Aquarius 
placements, a lot of Aquarius suns also in the mix. And I think that's a really interesting thought. You know, I think Aquarius for Aquarius works if they're like the right, both the right kind of weird. Um, And I think if it's the wrong kind of weird, well, it's like a non-starter. And we see that apparently, speaking of controversy, um, apparently Annie, um, who uh, is a former, I have in my notes, horse girl, uh, she sent a Snapchat apparently to her followers that spoiled her her elimination and um, called Colton, quote, weird as shit, which is kind of, it's like a rich coming from a fellow Aquarius. It's like audacious. Um, but yeah, Annie Reardon, I guess, doesn't make it. Sorry to spoil it for you, but she, um, she, she did it first. Uh, the other Aquarius uh, of note is Demi, who um, had that banana yellow dress stole him first. Um, and the word on the street is that she has villain, has villain vibes. And her opening line was, I haven't dated a virgin since I was 12, which is a choice. Um, and of course, um, I have been, uh, on all of these contestants, Instagrams, mostly trying to find their birthdays. Um, but I, I find it, I just want to share she that she posts a lot about eating people's hearts, sort of like a, I look cute, but I will eat your heart out. So that'll be fun for everyone. Um, another Aquarius is Erica, also known as McNutt. Um, she showed up with nuts. He's going to call her McNutt. Good for her. And um, first impression rose recipient, Hannah G, who... Um, I think impressed him with her vulnerability. And um, yeah, so it's a, it's a large field. I have to be honest. Um, Alex B, I remember very little about. Um, we have, oh, there's of course Bree, the Taurus, who faked the Australian accent and had that great red dress. Um, and Hannah, Alabama, Alabama Hannah, Hannah who... I have as Libra or maybe Virgo. So I have to look into that. Um, so that could be an interesting, um, dark horse candidate as well. So those are my early thoughts about, um, this season. And as the group dates and the first solo dates start to happen this week, um, we'll have a lot more to talk about in the meantime. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, you can, uh, you can reach me um, at starsandroses underscore podcast on Instagram. And you can also follow me there. I don't have a lot of content yet, but I'm probably going to start memeing. Um, and at least it'll be a way for you to know when new episodes are out. And um, it's also a way for you to message me. And if you have, uh, yeah, you want to talk astrology, you want to talk The Bachelor, I for sure want to talk to you. So um, thanks for like, again, being on this journey with me. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes.